ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Really the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there's no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there's no one that can guide him i bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a slave servant in his messenger. This evening, bi-ibnillahi ta'ala, in this the 10th lecture in our series concerning the matters of Aqeedah, of the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah, Qa'ifah, and Najih al-Mansurah, the essay entitled Alam al-Sunnah al-Mansurah, for Hafiz al-Hakami, rahimahullah. We would like to discuss some matters or some questions that he has placed along with the answers and the evidences that he has given in the continuation of the topic related to Tawheed or more specifically the Tawheed related to the names of Allah and his characteristics or qualities Tawheed al-Asma wa sifat In the previous lecture the questions that we discussed contained a number of points from amongst them there is one that perhaps uh, we'll just take a moment to reiterate because of the importance of this point and perhaps to make sure that it is understood. The first question from the previous lecture, question number 55, Hafiz al-Hakami, rahimahullah, he asked how many are the types of indications of the beautiful names of Allah, al-Asma, al-Husna, how many are the types of indications? What are the ways in which they point to or they indicate uh, when we consider the meaning of those names. So he said that there are three types and he referred to them as Dalalatul Mutabaqah, Dalalatul Tadammun, and Dalalatul Iltizam. And he explained that the meaning of these three types of indications or Dalalat, Al Mutabaqah, it means that the name, one of the names of Allah, its first type of indication is by Mutabaqah, it means as Hafiz al-Hatami, rahimahullah, said, it means that the expression or that name points to the divine being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani the that. It points to the that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we say, for example, ar-Rahman, we immediately understand that it is pointing to the divine being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second type of indications, he said, is dalalat al-tadammun, and this Tadammun, he said that the expression or the name, it points to the meaning that is contained within it or the sifa, the description or the quality or the characteristic that is understood from that name. For example, the name Ar-Rahman, it points to or denotes or indicates the sifa, the quality of Ar-Rahman, mercy. And the third type of indication, he said, is Dalalat al-Iltizam, and he said that this means that the expression, the name that is under discussion, 
it points to uh, another or other names or other characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such as the name Ar-Rahman it points to other characteristics of Allah yani Ar-Rahman the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indicates many other of the sifat of Allah by necessity yani if we understand that he is Ar-Rahman then we must also understand that he has to have other characteristics by necessity such as Al-Hayat life he has to be living and Al-Ilm knowledge he has to have knowledge in order to yani have mercy on his creatures and so on so the main thing in this uh, question uh, the Shaykh Hafiz Al-Hakami Rahimahullah he has mentioned the point as many of the scholars of Sunnah before him have made clear that the names of Allah Al-Asma'al Husna the beautiful names of Allah they have different types of indications from amongst them is that they indicate or they point directly to the divine being the that of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and the second type is that they point to the characteristic or the quality that is derived from that name, the sifa. And the third thing is that of necessity. They also indicate other characteristics or qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at this point was the point that we wanted to review just for the sake of clarity, inshaAllah. The question that we have reached and we want to start with this evening is question number 61, where the Sheikh Al-Imam Hafiz Al-Hakami Rahimahullah He asked the question Ma mithal sifat al-af'al min al-kitab What is the example or give some examples of the characteristics of the actions the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the book, from the Qur'an Give some examples or what are some of the examples of the sifat, sifat al-af'al the characteristics of the actions We said that the sifat as mentioned earlier are sometimes divided into two types as-sifat al-zatiyah the characteristics that refer to Allah's divine being and as-sifat al-fi'liyah those characteristics which refer to his actions so here we are talking about the actions we have already mentioned examples of the sifat that are related to his divine being from the Quran as well as from the Sunnah and here the Shaykh wants to mention some examples of the sifat the characteristics the qualities or the descriptions of Allah's actions from the Qur'an. The first of them is from the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 29, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَىٰ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ yani It is mentioned in the previous part of this verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who created for you everything that is in the earth. هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا and after creating everything that he has created for the creatures, for the human beings in this earth, he said, Then he ascended to the heavens. Some of the scholars have interpreted this ayat in different ways, and perhaps the interpretation that Hafiz al-Hakami, rahimahullah, intends is the meaning of istiwa, that is commonly referred to by the scholars in, in reference to the topic of asma wa sifat, that is, Al-Ulu or Al-Irtifa that he ascended to the heavens it means that he rose up and he was high yani above the creation some of the scholars however have said that the meaning here because of the preposition that is used with it Istiwa ila some of them said it means Al-Qast yani that after creating what he has created for the human beings in the earth then he went towards the heavens to 
create them, and he made them as seven heavens, and he is the one who has knowledge of everything. In any case, uh, the ayat that prove al-istiwa, or the ascension of Allah, his being high, ascending above and rising up above the creation, are so many, and he will mention some of them in the upcoming questions. The ayat which mention Allah's istiwa, that are more clear, yani that the interpretation of them does not allow for any distortion. From amongst them is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hadid, which will come later, in chapter 57, verse 4. And this ayat is very clear that he is the one who created the heavens and the earth in six days, and then he ascended above the throne. So the ayats containing this meaning are many in the Qur'an. This exact expression has been mentioned in seven places in the Qur'an, and the proofs will be mentioned as we go on. The second proof that he mentions or example of the sifat or of the characteristic of the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that which is mentioned uh, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala هَلْ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Do they wait or are they waiting? Are they waiting for anything except that Allah will come to them for the coming of Allah are they waiting for something else yani on yawm qiyamah are they waiting are they waiting it is like a challenge or a threat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hal yanzuruna illa yatiyahum Allah are they waiting until Allah comes to them on yawm qiyamah when the punishment will be finalized when there won't be any chance to return are they waiting for that before they yani correct themselves this is mentioned also in surah al-baqarah chapter 2 verse 210 then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Surah Al-Zumr chapter 39 verse 67 وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَالسَّمَاوَاتِ مَطْوِيَةٌ بِيَمِينِهِ That they have not given Allah, they have not given Allah a just estimate, they have not given yani, the proper respect or due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is due to him and this is in reference to the mushrikun, the pagan disbelievers, who didn't give a proper uh, respect to Allah, in that they used to associate the creatures with him that are imperfect. So they didn't give Allah his proper rank and respect and position. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he is the one, that the earth, the whole of the earth will be in his grip. وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبَضَتُهُ And the whole earth will be in his grip. And the heavens, all of them, they will be rolled up in his right hand. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will grip, who will take in his grip the whole of the earth. And the heavens will be rolled up in his right hand. It, it is he whom they have associated and made some of the creatures as equal with him. While Allah is the one who is free of all imperfections and every creature is imperfect. Uh, then he mentioned... <coughs> The saying of Allah from Surah Al-Sa'd, chapter 38, verse 75, that Allah, Allah is saying, قَالَ يَا إِبْلِيسِ He said to Iblis, مَا مَنَعَكَ أَن تَسْجُدَ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيَّ He said, what is it that has prevented you from prostrating to the one whom I have created with my two hands? Some of the scholars of Tafsir said that in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing Iblis, what do you have to be 
proud of, that you wouldn't prostrate to the one that I have created with my two hands. Out of all of the creatures in the creation, Allah has honored Adam. He has honored the human being. He has honored Adam, the father of the human being, in that he has created him by his own hands, as opposed to the rest of the creation. He said, then how, what right do you have to be proud not to prostrate to him? And this also, this ayat, it is a proof of the action of Allah of creating. And it is also a proof that Allah has two hands. However, we are talking about the sifat of af'al, the actions, and the two hands of Allah that are mentioned in this ayat are from the sifat or the characteristics of Allah's divine being. After this, he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is is from Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 145. And this ayat actually is missing from some of the editions, some of the printings of this book. If somebody has uh, this particular printing, the ayat is missing from it. And, and some of the other printings it is there. And that is the saying of Allah, وَكَتَبْنَا لَهُ فِي الْأَلْوَاحِ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مَوْعِذَةٍ That we have written for him in the tablets. Uh, a warning or lessons to be taken from everything. And here, what the Shaykh Rahimahullah intends by this ayat, it is the action of writing, the shifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of writing. That Allah says that we have written in the tablets, lesson, a lesson to be drawn from everything. It is the writing, al-kitabah, that Allah writes. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, uh, also uh, the saying of Allah فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّ رَبُّهُ لِلْجَبَلِ جَعَلَهُ دَكًّا وَقُرَّ مُوسَى سَاعِقًا In this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when he appeared, when his Lord, yani when his Lord, the Lord of Musa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he appeared before the mountain, he caused it to crumble to dust, yani to collapse, to become like dust on the earth. And it caused Musa to become unconscious. Here, the sifa that is mentioned here, it is the appearance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّ رَبُّهُ لِلْجَبَلِ That Allah appeared in front of the mountain and due to His majesty and His glory caused it to crumble to dust. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Hajj, chapter 22, verse 18. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُوا مَا يَشَاءُ That indeed Allah is the one who does whatever He wills. And this is a proof of Allah's acting. That Allah acts and He does whatever He wills. After this, after the mention of these examples from the Qur'an, and the examples from the Qur'an are many, uh, more examples than this are mentioned in some of the more comprehensive books that deal with Asma wa Sifat specifically in the early chapters of Lumat al-Atiqad by Imam ibn Qudama and in many chapters from Al-Aqidah, Al-Wasatiyah, and Shaykh Al-Shaykh so many other of the characteristics of Allah, the examples from the Qur'an as well as the Sunnah mentioned. The next question, in question number 62, مَا مِثَالَ صِفَاتِ الْأَفْعَالِ مِنَ السُنَّةِ يعني, What is the example of the characteristics or the descriptions or the qualities of Allah's actions from the Sunnah? The first example that he gives is that which is reported in both Al-Bukhari and Muslim and the Qutb al-Sunan, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَنْذِلُوا رَبُّنَا 
كل ليلة إلى السماء الدنيا حين يبقى ثلث الليل الآخر that our Lord descends every night to the lowest heaven السماء الدنيا the heaven that is just above the earth that our Lord descends the Prophet said that he descends every night to the lowest heaven the heaven of this dunya of this world at the time when the last at the time of the when the last third of the night remains and in the last third of the night and this hadith is a proof of the action of descending that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends and specifically in the last third of the night and in that hadith uh, the remaining part of the hadith the prophet sallallahu said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that who will supplicate to me so that I will answer him and who will ask me so that I may give him and who will seek my forgiveness so that I would forgive him then he mentioned the saying of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that is also reported in al-bukhari and muslim the hadith of al-shafa'ah on the yani, dealing with the topic of intercession on yawm al-qiyamah that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come to the people fayatihim fayatihim allah fi suratihi allati ya'rifuna fayaqulu ana rabbukum fayaquluna anta rabbuna and this hadith which is a lengthy hadith it is reported that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that allah will come to the people and he would say that I am your Lord and they would not accept him, they would not recognize him and then he would come to them again as it is mentioned here in the text of the book فَيَأْتِيهُمُ اللَّهِ فَيَأْتِيهُمُ اللَّهِ فِي سُورَتِهِ فِي سُورَتِهِ أَلَّتِي يَعْرِفُونَ and he would come to them in the form or in the shape in the appearance that they would know that they would recognize they would recognize him when he came to them in that shape or that appearance and then he would say I am your Lord and they would say indeed you are our Lord to the end of the hadith. In this, uh, the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, that Al-Ithyan, that what he means by the sifa of fi'l, or the action, the characteristic of the action of Allah, he means here Al-Ithyan, the coming of Allah, that Allah would come. That is one of his actions, and on Yawm al he would come and appear before the people. And he doesn't mean uh, his shape or his form, but he means his coming, the action of coming. Then he said the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hadith that is reported also in Al-Bukhari uh, and Al-Imam Muslim has also reported it Rahimahumullah he said Inna allaha yaqbidu yawm al-qiyamah al-ard He said that indeed Allah he will grasp the earth on the day of resurrection wa taqunu as-samawat biyaminihi and the heavens will be in his right hand, and then he will say, Ana al-Malik, I am the king, Aina muluk al-Ard, we are the kings of the earth. And those who claim to be kings in this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yom Qiyamah, he will say, I am the king. And no one on that day will be able to claim kingship as they claim in the world. But on that day, it will be only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here, in this hadith, the Shaykh rahimahullah intends to point out the characteristic of Al-Qab that Allah would grasp on Yom Qiyamah He would grasp the earth uh, and also the sifa of Allah's uh, right hand is mentioned in this hadith وَتَكُونُ السَّمَوَاتِ بِيَمِينِهِ however this sifa the right hand of Allah that would uh, be holding the heavens 
This is a characteristic of Allah's divine being, his that. It's not of the characteristics of actions. So what he intends here is the grasping that Allah would grasp, that he would grip, that he would hold uh, in his hand the on Yom Qiyamah, the whole of the earth. After that, he mentioned <coughs> the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, which is also reported in the Sahihain, Al-Bukhari and Muslim, including the Kutub al-Sunan, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, and the Muslim Imam Ahmed and others. The saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَمَّا خَلَقَ اللَّهَ الْخَلْقِ كَتَبَ بِيَدِهِ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ أَنَّ رَحْمَتِي تَغْلِبُ غَضَبِي That when Allah created the creation, when Allah created the creation, He wrote with His hand. Here it is the characteristic of action of writing. كَتَبَ بِيَدِهِ He wrote with His hand. عَلَى نَفْسِهِ And it's something that He would hold himself to, that he would make it upon himself to do it, he said that my rahmah, my mercy, it prevails over or overcomes my anger. And rahmati taghlibu ghadabi, that the rahmah of Allah overcomes or prevails over his anger. And this is a bushra, a good news for the believers, that for the believers on Yom Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would cause his mercy to overcome his anger. He might be angry with the people for their disobedience and the sins that they have committed in this world. However, his rahmah, it would prevail over his anger. Then he mentioned the hadith, which he refers to as hadith ihtijaj Adam wa Musa, yani the dispute between Adam salam and Musa salam. And he mentioned the portion of the hadith that he uses Yani, as the point, as the shahid, he said, فَقَالَ Adam, يَا مُوسَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاكَ بِكَلَامِهِ وَخَطَّ لَكَ التَّوْرَ بِيَدِهِ That Adam, he would say to Musa, O oh Musa, indeed Allah has chosen you and favored you, given preference to you, بِكَلَامِهِ by his speech, by speaking directly to Musa, Al-Kaleem, alayhi salam, اصْطَفَاكَ بِكَلَامِهِ That Allah has chosen you and favored you over others, that he has given you a special characteristic that he spoke to you directly as mentioned in the Qur'an Allah Musa that Allah spoke to Musa with real speech and he has also written for you the Torah with his hand he has written for you the Torah with, with his hand and here what he intends as the characteristic of action it is the writing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written the Torah, the Torah with his hand and also the characteristic of kalam or speech is mentioned. However, kalam, it is, and it is here mentioned as a sifr of the that of Allah. Well, indeed, kalam, as the Shaykh mentions here, uh, kalam and takallum, uh, he distinguished between them, one of them being a characteristic of Allah's divine being, a description of Allah's divine being that of speech, that it is from Allah's description, speech that he speaks, and the other of them is that Allah, his actual speaking, the action of speaking when he speaks, then he separates between the two of these, while in fact, yani, both of them can be then giving the same indication. In any case, the Shaykh, he says here, that his speech, the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and his hand that is mentioned in this hadith, they are characteristics of Allah's that, his divine being, 
وتكلمه and his speaking, his actual act of speaking is a characteristic both of his divine being and a characteristic of his action. يعني that Allah speaks, يعني his characteristic of speech is from his that because it is never separated from him and it is also a characteristic of action because he speaks whenever he wills and the characteristic of action, the distinction for them is that they are those things that are connected to the Mashiach of Allah that he does whenever he wills, however he wills. Then he said uh, his writing of the Torah it is also the action of writing it is a shifa of his action. Then he mentioned finally the hadith and from the sifat of al-af'al the characteristics of actions he mentioned uh, the hadith which is reported by Imam Muslim rahimahullah and Imam Ahmed rahimahullah and his musmad the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna Allah ta'ala yabsutu yadahu bil-layli liyatuba musi'un nahar wa yabsutu yadahu bil-nahari liyatuba masi'u al-layl hatta tatla'a al-shamsu min maghribiha that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends his hand during the night. Allah extends his hand. And this extending of the hand, putting his hand out, it is from the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as described in the authentic hadith. He extends his hand in the night so that those who have sinned in the day, that they may turn to him in repentance. And he extends his hand in the day so that those who have sinned in the night can repent to him. And this is until the sun rises from the place of its setting hatta tafla'a ash-shamsu min maghribiha until the sun rises from the place where it normally sets and that would be of the major signs of the last day and at that time repentance will not be accepted the next question, question number 63 after discussing some of the sifat of actions from the Quran and Sunnah the Shaykh asked the question are uh, are we allowed to derive from every uh, every one of the characteristics of actions are we allowed to derive names and is it proper that we derive names for Allah from those characteristics that have been mentioned concerning his actions or are the names of Allah all of them tawqifiyya and in tawqifiyya it means that something is based upon the text from the Quran and Sunnah and in Tawqifi, it means that we stop and we don't go beyond what has been narrated in the Quran and in the authentic Sunnah. Tawqifi means that we are not allowed to go outside of what has been legislated in the Sharia. So here he is saying, are we allowed to extract names for Allah from the characteristics of his action? If he has described himself with a certain action, like Allah descends in the last third of the night, then this descending, it is an action of Allah, it is confirmed in the sunnah. Can we then name Allah by that action? And if Allah yanzil, so can we say that Allah is the nazil? Can we say that this is a name for Allah? He is the nazil, the one who descends. Indeed he descends, but can we name him with a name? And if that name has not been mentioned in the text of the Quran or in the sunnah, or are all of the names tawqifiyya, yani dependent upon a proof from the Qur'an and Sunnah? Then the Shaykh says, no, yani we are not allowed to make names for Allah simply by deriving them from the actions or the characteristics of His actions. Rather, the names of Allah, all of them are tawqifiyya, yani they require proof from the Qur'an and Sunnah. He said that Allah is not named with any name except what He has named Himself with in the book, in the Qur'an. 
or that which has been ascribed to him or applied to him or that which he has been named with by his messenger Muhammad sallallahu Allah is not named except with that which he has named himself with in the Quran or that which the Prophet sallallahu has named him with meaning in the authentic sunnah then he said and every action that Allah has named or described himself with every name that Allah has described himself with in the absolute sense and in an unrestricted or undefined way he has mentioned it he has mentioned this as a description of himself without defining it without restricting it in any way then he said then that name it is or that description of that action it is meant to be a description of praise and perfection in accordance or in the context of how it has been mentioned then he said and we do not distract a name from every one of those actions from all of them we are not allowed to distract names from every one of his actions some of them yes but not all of them indeed he said some of those actions Allah has described himself with mutlaqan in the unrestricted undefined absolute manner in the general sense if he has described himself with it in the absolute way mutlaqan without restricting that uh, description in any way or refining or defining it then that is one class as far as the other descriptions that he has applied to himself in a restricted or defined way then that is another class he said so some of them are those which he has described himself with in the unrestricted in the absolute manner like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Rum chapter 30 verse 40 Allahu alladhi khalaqakum thumma razaqakum thumma yunitukum thumma yuhyikum he said that Allah he is the one who has created you and he has provided for you or then he has provided for you then he causes you to die and then he gives you life the shaykh says that these are descriptions that of Allah's actions khalaqakum he created you thumma razaqakum then he provided for you thumma yunitukum then he causes you to die thumma yuhyikum then he gives you life these are descriptions of Allah's actions that Allah has mentioned in the absolute sense without any restriction or any definition he said وَسَمَّ نَفْسَهُ الْخَالِقِ and Allah has named himself الْخَالِقِ the creator الْرَازِقِ the provider الْمُحْيِ the one who gives life الْمُمِيتِ the one who causes death and الْمُدَبِّرِ and is the one who arranges and manages all of the affairs الْمُدَبِّرِ is not mentioned in this ayah nor is it mentioned in the Quran and Allah knows best if it is mentioned in the authentic sunnah However, perhaps the Shaykh, he mentioned it here from the perspective of information as Shaykh al-Islam ibn and some of the other scholars said that sometimes Allah might be described with something that it is not mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah the text of it however, it is just mentioned as a point of information and this, he may have mentioned it, Allahu Alam because he has mentioned here Allah's arranging and controlling and managing the affairs of the creatures when he said he created them and then he provided for them and he gives life and he causes death and so on and this is from the management and arrangement of the affairs of the creation uh, then he says that is one type those characteristics that are mentioned in the unrestricted sense mutlaqan he said and also there are the descriptions of Allah's actions uh, that Allah has mentioned or he has applied 
to himself ala sabil al-jaza'i wal-muqabala yani he has applied it to himself in a restricted manner ala sabil al-jaza'i yani al-jaza'i means the recompense or the reward that Allah gives to somebody in response to what they have done yani it is not refer- this is not a description of Allah's actions that is mentioned in the absolute sense but it is only mentioned in reference to the people doing something and then Allah responds to them he rewards them yani he recompenses them maybe it is punishment or otherwise or al muqabala yani needing something with that which is like it and here he explains what he means by this that these descriptions are restricted to the context in which they are mentioned and they are just mentioned from the by in the way of as a recompense for those who have done something allah yani responds to them in this way he said and these things should be understood in the context of uh it as a praiseworthy characteristic and a characteristic of perfection in the context that it has been mentioned in and this is like the saying of allah yuqadiun allah wa huwa khadi'uhum in surah an-nisa chapter 4 verse 142 that they seek to deceive allah and allah deceives them allah is the deceiver of them yani they seek to deceive allah but they cannot deceive allah so indeed they are the ones who are deceived allah leaves them in their condition with their like the hypocrites they seek to deceive allah by claiming to believe and allah leaves them in that condition claiming to believe until yawm al-qiyamah and then they realize that they are the ones who have been deceived that is at that time allah will expose them and then he will give them that which is due of recompense so this description of allah wahuwa khadi'uhum that he is the one who deceives them it is only in response to their attempt to deceive then allah gives them the just due in response in like with what they have done likewise he mentioned the saying of allah in surah al-ariyaman chapter 3 verse 54 wa makaru wa makara allah wallahu khairul makirin that they plot and plan and allah planned and allah is the best of planners meaning that allah is the best of those i mean if they want to make some plan of deception or corruption or crime or sin then allah is the best of planners allah will make a plan that will overcome their plan however this mention of allah yani al makr in as a description of allah is only in reference to those who uh, fall into this action or who come who yani commit such an action of plotting and planning to do evil then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a plan that will overcome their plan that will defeat their plan and nullify it then he mentioned the saying of allah nasallaha fanasiyahum that they forgot allah therefore allah forgot them and here again the 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 action of forgetting them it is mentioned only in response to their action of forgetting yani forgetting obedience to allah forgetting the commands of allah forgetting the things that allah has yani forgetting to act they didn't act meaning not that they forgot but they left they abandoned what allah has ordered what he has commanded and what he has prohibited so allah forgets them yani allah abandons them he abandons them he doesn't give them his guidance he doesn't give them the success of following the right way when they abandon allah's commands so allah leaves them on their own to go astray as they themselves have turned themselves then he said after mentioning these examples that these descriptions that are mentioned in response to the actions of the creatures that Allah responds to them in kind and with a like action that nullifies or neutralizes or overcomes that which they intended to do 
He said, these are, these are descriptions that are mentioned in a certain context, and we can only refer to Allah by these descriptions in that context. That when they seek to deceive Allah, Allah deceives them. That when they abandon what Allah has commanded, when they forget Allah, then Allah forgets them, and so on. It can only be used in this context, but it is not permissible to apply them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any context or outside of the context that they have been mentioned in these ayat. This is a qaid or a principle that these descriptions can only be used in the context that Allah has used them in and they cannot be used outside of that context. Therefore, it is not to be said that Allah the Most High yamkur, that Allah plots, or yukhadiru, that he deceives, or yastahzi, that he makes mockery and similar descriptions. It is not to be said that Allah plots and deceives and makes mockery. Because that would be, it will be using it in an unrestricted or undefined or absolute sense and it has not been used like this in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah, therefore it should not be done. Likewise, it is not to be said that Allah is makir, that he is a plotter as a name for Allah, or mukhadi, that he is a deceiver, or mustahzi, that he is a maker that makes mockery. And no Muslim or any sane, rational person would say so. So indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not described himself with plotting or deceiving or deception, except yani, in the restricted context of al-jazah, yani, rewarding or recompensing the people with a similar action. And that is, those who have done such things without a right to do so, then Allah responds to them in kind. And it is known, he says, it is known that al-mujazat, yani, requital or repayment or punishment uh, with justice, Punishing people with justice when they have committed a crime or committed a sin, punishing them with justice, that is something good if it is done by the creatures. So how much more so if it is done by Al-Khalaq, Al-Alim, Al-Adil, Al-Hakim, yani Allah who is the creator, the all-knowing, the one who is just and the one who is wise. Yani when he punishes, when he recompenses the people, when he repays them with their just due, then it is from the one who is the creator, who has created them, and the one who is all-knowing, who knows the whole of the matter, and who is adil, who is just, and who is hakim, his actions are based upon wisdom. In question number 64, the Shaykh mentions a new subject related to Asma'a Sifat, and that is, and he mentions some of the names that have similar meaning, and specifically one of the names, or the qualities, or the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that... Uh, is disputed by many of the people, especially the common masses of the Muslims today. He said, ماذا يتضمن اسمه العلي الأعلى وما في معناه الظاهر والقاهر والمتعالي And in some of the copies of the book it has المتعار and that is the expression as it came in the Quran, المتعار in any case, the meaning of this question is what does his name, Al-Ali, Al-A'la, the Most High, what does this name denote or comprise or indicate? And other names, Wamafi Ma'anahu, and other names that have similar meaning, like Al-Zahir, has a similar meaning, as the, as the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah is Al-Zahir, that is, that is nothing above him. So the meaning of Al-Zahir, it is like Al-A'la or Al-Ali. And Al-Qahir, the one who is above everything, according, based on his power and his authority and his dominance over everything. And Al-Muta'ali, the Most High. All of these names, they have similar meaning. He said, what? 
does this name, Al-Ali, Al-A'la, and that which is of similar meaning like Al-Zahir, Al-Qahir, Al-Muta'al, what do they contain? Yani, what meaning do they contain? He said they contain, yani, this name, Al-Ali, Al-A'la, it contains or it denotes Al-Sifa Al-Mustaqqa Minha, wa huwa thubut Al-Ulu Lahu Azza wa Jalla, bi jami'i ma'anihi. Yani, that this name, Al-Ali, and Al-A'la, and Al-Zahir, and Al-Qahir, these names, they denote or they comprise the sifa that is derived from them, and that is the establishment or the affirmation for Allah of the characteristic of al-ulu, loftiness or highness, that Allah is very high, that Allah is lofty, that He is above the whole of the creation, He said, and this meaning of al-ulu, it is established for Allah with all of its meanings, with all of the meanings of al-ulu, highness. Here the Shaykh gives three of the meanings of al-ulu, and the expression that he used is slightly different, but the meaning is the same as what has been mentioned by many other scholars, like in his time, uh, Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, rahimahullah, who was, and he, he was living at the same time as Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, except that he was much younger than him, and he died only one year after him. Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi has mentioned similar description of al-ulu and the types of al-ulu. However, he has mentioned it with a different wording, and other scholars before them have also used any different wordings to express the same thing. He said that it contains the meaning of al-ulu or the sifa of highness or loftiness or being exalted and all of its meanings. The first of them is ulu fawqiyatihi. Ulu fawqiyatihi. Yani fawqiyah is from fawq, to be above, to be above something. He said ulu fawqiyatihi. The Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi and al-Imam al-Allama ibn Qayyim and other scholars have mentioned it as fawqiyat al-zat. Yani what he means here by ulu fawqiyatihi means the highness. Yani the highness of him being above, it means his that, that Allah's divine being, it is above everything in the creation. The highness of his that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his that is above everything. That he is above his arsh, and the arsh is above everything in the creation. Ulu, ulu fawqiyatihi, it means the highness of his being above. That his being above is not like creatures. A creature is above something, above a building, above a car, above something else. But Allah's being above, it is higher than everything, because Allah is the most high. So he said that Allah is above his throne. He is high above all of his creatures. Ba'in minhum, completely separate and distinct from the creation. Allah is not connected to, and he is not a part of, and he is not within anything of his creation. He is ba'in minhum. Raqib alayhim, he is the one who is watching over them. And he knows what they are upon, yani what they are doing. Uh, his knowledge encompasses everything. Not even the most, yani slight, slightest thing that is indetectable is hidden from him, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even though he is high and above everything, nonetheless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge encompasses everything and nothing uh, is hidden from him. The second type of ulu, he said, ulu qahrihi. And this some of the scholars have referred to in a, with a different expression but the same meaning. Uh, Allah's dominance or supremacy over everything. That Allah has conquered everything. He has subdued everything. That everything is in submission to him and under his authority and under his control. He said, ulu qahrihi. His supremacy over everything. Some of the scholars have referred to it as fawqiyat al-qahr. Yani that his supremacy over everything, his dominance over everything, that it is yani also referred to as fawqiyah or it is referred to as al-ulu. And the meaning of this ulu qahrihi, 
yani his supremacy or his dominance over everything, it means that there's no one that can conquer him. And there's no one that can contest him. And there's no one who can oppose him. And there's no one or nothing that can prevent him. And he can stop him from doing whatever he wills to do. Indeed, he said, indeed, everything is in submission to his greatness. Everything in the creation is in submission to his greatness. And everything in the creation is humbled to his might and his power. And everything in the creation is in submission or in servitude to his pride, his kibriya. Everything is under his control. And everything is under his power and authority. And nothing can go outside of his grip. And everything is under the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the second type of ulu. Ulu kahrihi, his supremacy or his dominance and power and authority over everything. The third type of ulu, he said, that is indicated in these names and similar names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ulu sha'nihi. Yani the highness of his makana or manzila, his status or his rank. The highness of Allah's status. Some of the scholars have referred to it by Fawqiyatul Qadr. Fawqiyatul Qadr. Yani Allah's Qadr, it means here his manzila or his makana. Yani that Allah's status or his rank is also very high. He, interpre- he, he, he explained this as meaning that all of the sifat of Kamal, all of the characteristics of of defects, of imperfection, or of shortcoming, naqais, all of them are negated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every characteristic of perfection is affirmed for him, and every characteristic of imperfection is negated from Allah azza wa jalla, wa tabaraka wa ta'ala, and Allah the mighty, and the majestic, the blessed, and the most high. This is an indication of Allah's ulu al-sha'n that Allah's rank or his status is very very high because of his characteristics of perfection and that he is not described with any characteristic of imperfection and then the shaykh closes this question by saying that all of these meanings for al-ulu for highness highness or loftiness all of these meanings of ulu yani ulu fawqiyatihi that his that is very high and ulu kahrihi that his dominance or supremacy over everything is high and his status is high ulu sha'nihi he said all of these meanings for ulu are mutalazima. Mutalazima. That means they are inseparable. You cannot separate them. You cannot ascribe to him one of them and deny one of them. But they are inseparable. They all go together. They cannot be separated. One of these meanings from another. Uh, then after this, the shaykh, he says, he talks about here now what are the evidences from the Quran and the Sunnah in question 65. Ma al-kitab. What are the evidences of Allah's fawqiyah being above and being over everything? What are the evidences from the Qur'an? And here we should note that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in the earth. And Allah is not in every place as many of the Muslims today unfortunately believe unknowingly as they have been taught by those who don't know or those who seek to deceive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in every place but Allah is high above his throne, above the creation completely distinct and separate from his creatures. The proofs of this from the Qur'an and from the Sunnah are as follows. The evidences that are very clear concerning this, he says, they cannot be counted. 
let to add wala tuhsa we cannot count them we cannot enumerate them there are too many to be counted from amongst them are these names and those of similar meaning the names that have been mentioned al ali al ala al mutaal al zahir these are names that indicate allah's highness that allah is above everything and that he is high these are very clear indications that allah is high also from amongst those indications is the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah at-taha chapter 20 verse 5 ar-rahman ala al-arsh istawa that allah ar-rahman that he has ascended above the arsh he has ascended above his throne and he has risen above the throne he is high above the throne he said and that this expression or similar expression has been mentioned in the quran in seven places uh and he doesn't mention those places but yani uh they are mentioned as being in surah al-araf uh verse 54 surah al-yunus verse 3 surah al-ra'd verse 2 surah at-taha verse 5 surah al-furqan verse 59 surah as-sajda verse 4 surah al-hadid verse 4 in any case these references can be easily located the point is that in these verses allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned clearly his istiwa or ascending above his throne allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has mentioned concerning himself this and this is a very very clear proof of his highness and his being above everything also from amongst the clear evidences is the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh in surah al-mulk chapter 67 verse 16 and 17 the the verse the this expression is repeated in both ayat aamintum man fi samai yani do you feel secure that the one who is fis sama who is fis sama here the scholars of tafsir and the people of sunnah have explained two interpretations of this ayat or this expression fis sama and it has come in a number of places both in the quran and in the sunnah some of the scholars as sheikh abd rahman al-sa'di said fis sama it means ala sama al ali fawq khalqihi that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the heaven he is the most high who is above all of his creatures and this is in accordance with the arabic language in which the preposition fi has a number of meanings from amongst them of the meanings of fi is ala and there are verses in the quran which clearly prove this meaning like uh, travel through the earth and see what was the end of those before you and the traveling through the earth it is mentioned as fil ard and it doesn't mean inside the earth it means ala al ard fawq al ard Then it says also from the proofs of this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah An-Nahl chapter 16 verse 15 يَخَافُونَ رَبَّهُمْ مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ That they fear their Lord from above them يعني that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is فَوْقَهُمْ He is above them They fear Him The one who is high above the creatures And likewise the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Fatir chapter 35 verse 10 إِلَيْهِ يَسْعَدُ الْكَلِمُ الطَّيِّبُ وَالْعَمَلُ وَالصَّالِ يَرْفَعُهُ that the good word al-kalim al-tayyib it rises up yasadu it rises up to allah ilayhi yasadu al-kalim al-tayyib wal-amal as-salih yarfa'uhu and the good deed raise up that word yani good deed uh, the word or the speech the dua or reading of quran or zikr or commanding the good and forbidding the wrong all of this all of this good speech it is elevated by good deeds because speech is not sufficient but one must have actions to accompany them So this going up to Allah is the proof that Allah is high above. Likewise, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a similar meaning in Surah Al-Ma'arij, He said, يَعْرُجُوا الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ إِلَيْهِ يعني يَعْرُجُوا it means يَسْعَدْ يعني that they go up to him, the angels, 
and the spirit that is according to the scholars of Tafsir, Jibreel alayhi salam, that the angels and specifically Jibreel rise up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, then he said, Ta'arudu, naam, jazakallah khair. Ta'arudu al-mala'ikatu, naam. Ta'arudu al-mala'ikatu wa ruhu ilayhi. And that the angels and the spirit, Jibreel, rise up to him, up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah, and again, in this ayat is deleted from this copy, but some of the other copies have confirmed it, that the Shaykh has mentioned here the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Sajda, chapter 32, verse 5, الأرض, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls and manages the affair from the heavens to the earth, yani that Allah, He is the one who decides the matters in the heavens of what will take place in the earth, or as some of the scholars said, the affair of everything between the heavens and the earth which is controlled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Finally, he mentioned the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 55, Ya Isa, inni mutawakkika wa rafi'uka ilayhi. That he said, O oh Isa, verily I am the one who will take your soul. Yani, not death, but taking the soul. Here it is like taking of the soul when the person is sleeping. That they are not dead, but the soul is taken. And it is, here it is raised up as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah took the soul of Isa uh, and raised him up to himself and he returned to this world as it is mentioned in the authentic hadith by the Prophet sallam, as one of the signs of the last days. That verily I will, I will take your soul and I am the one who raises you up to me. And that is also proof of Allah being high. Uh, then the last question perhaps that you will take, Allah alam if there's any time, it is uh, question number 66, what is the proof of that, of the highness of Allah uh, from the Sunnah? And he said that the evidences from the Sunnah are too many to enumerate. From amongst them is the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu in the Hadith, Al-Aw'al. The Hadith of Al-Aw'al. And that Hadith is a Hadith which is known, well known by the scholars under, by this title. And it is the Hadith in which it is mentioned about the highness or the distance between the earth and the heavens and the distance between the seven heavens and that there's a body of water above the seven heavens and that there are uh, eight mountain goats and some of the scholars said that in the form of mountain goats they are the angels that carry the throne and that Allah is above the throne in this hadith the shaykh has mentioned here part of the hadith wal arshu yani above the seven heavens and the water and above the throne wal arsh wallahu al arsh that the arsh is above all of these things, everything in the creation, and Allah is above the arsh, huwa ya'lamu ma'antum alayhi. In the, in some of the, some of the narrations of this hadith, it is mentioned in a similar meaning. The point here is, wallahu fawq al-arsh, that Allah is above the throne. The scholars differed concerning this hadith, and the discussions of it are very, very lengthy. Some amongst those scholars who said that this hadith is sahih, is al-alama ibn qayyim, and before him al-hakim and his mustadrak, uh, and of the contemporary scholars, Sheikh Ahmed Shakir, Rahimahullah, in his tahqiq of Al-Aqidah Sahawiyah, the tahqiq of Sheikh Ahmed Shakir, he also said that that hadith is sahih. Even though he declared the narrations of it in the Muslim Imam Ahmed to be da'if, but he said there are the narrations in the Qutb al-Sunan and that the hadith is sahih. While other scholars, like of the contemporary scholars, Sheikh Al-Bani, Rahimahullah, uh, declared this hadith to be weak. Okay, we'll stop here for the adhan. Uh, and just complete quickly the evidences that are remaining for this question is not here. Allah.
That which is meaning briefly, and the Shaykh has mentioned also the proof from the Sunnah, the saying of the Prophet ﷺ to Sa'ad, radiallahu anhu, in the story related to Bani Kureva and his ruling against those people from the Jews. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, لَقَدْ حَكَمْتَ فِيهِمْ بِحُكْمِ الْمَلِكِ مِنْ فَوْقَ سَبَعَةِ عَرَقِيَةِ That indeed, uh, you have ruled, or you have made a ruling or a judgment concerning them, the Bani Kureva, from amongst the Jews that you have made a ruling. That ruling uh, is the ruling of the king who is above seven heavens. Yani it means yani samawat. Uh, this hadith or the meaning, the hadith of this meaning has been mentioned in both Al-Bukhari and Muslim. However, the wording here, min fawqa sabah it has been mentioned by Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Ashkarani in the Shaq. Khat al-Bari in the Shah al-Sahir al-Bukhari however it has not been mentioned in the text of the hadith it is mentioned in the Shah as a narration of some of the scholars in any case the meaning of the hadith uh, that Allah is above the seven heavens is clarified in other hadith and that which has preceded and that which follows in the ayahs that have been mentioned as evidences of this previously then he mentioned the saying of the Prophet sallallahu to the slave girl Ain Allah where is Allah uh, she said Ishtama'i that Allah is above the heavens. Again here, the scholars have explained it. So have two meanings. One of them is Fi, it means Ala. And the second meaning, which I didn't mention previously, that Ashama in the Arabic language, it means Al-Ulu. And when you talk about Ashama, you mean something that is high. So here, the second meaning that is possible for this expression, Ashama, it means that either Fi, it means Ala, above the heavens, or Ashama, it means Al-Ulu. And that is correct according to the Arabic language. And she said, when she would ask where is Allah, she said that Allah is and high, or Allah is above the heavens. The Prophet ﷺ said, mu'mina, free her, because indeed she is a believer, and this is a confirmation from the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, that this is the correct iman, the correct aqidah, to believe that Allah is above the heavens. Whoever rejects it, then they reject the ruling of the Prophet ﷺ, concerning this woman, that indeed she is a mu'mina, a true believer, according to that aqidah which she has expressed in her answer to the Prophet ﷺ. Then he mentioned the hadith of Ma'raj, and the ascension of the Prophet ﷺ, when the Prophet went on the night journey, and he ascended to the seven heavens. These hadith are also a proof of Allah being high, because the Prophet ﷺ has ascended up to the seven heavens, uh, 
showing proving that Allah is high above the seven heavens. Then he mentions the saying of the Prophet وسلم, in the hadith of the ascending and descending of the angels and those the angels who meet who come at the time of Asr and the time of Fajr. ثُمَّ يَعْرُجُوا الَّذِينَ بَاتُوا فِيكُمْ فَيَسْأَلُهُمْ وَهُوَ عَلَمُ بِهِمْ Then they attend those who have spent the night on the earth with the believers, those angels, he said, then they ascend up to Allah, and he asked them, and he is the best knower, yani of what he is asking about, he asked them, how did you leave my servants? And they said, we left them in prayer, and remembrance of you in ibadah, and so on like this. And here the point of this hadith is, ثُمَّ يَعْرُجُوا الَّذِينَ بَاتُوا فِيكُمْ yani that they, those angels ascend, those who have spent the night, they ascend up to the heavens, uh, to Allah and Allah ask them about what they have seen and what they have observed and he is the best knower of what they have seen and what they have observed because Allah doesn't any rely upon the recording of the angels it is only recorded for the human beings while Allah already knows even before it happens this hadith is put in Bukhari Muslim uh, and then he said the saying of the Prophet وسلم, that whoever gives charity by that which is equal to a date from his lawful earnings from that which is lawful لا ولا يسعد إلى الله إلا طيب and nothing goes up to Allah except that which is طيب and here the point of the hadith is that whoever gives in charity that which is even equal to just a date from their lawful earnings and nothing goes up to Allah except the طيب that which is lawful then Allah subhanahu wa taala would take it in his right hand and he would nourish it and cause it to grow just as a person causes a small pony to grow and until it becomes and the reward for that charity which is equal to just a date till it becomes like a mountain, equal to a mountain. Uh, and finally, the last hadith he mentioned is the hadith of Al-Wahi, the revelation that the Prophet ﷺ said when Allah orders or commands or rules and he makes the qadr or the free of something, any matter in the heavens, then the angels strike their wings uh, in submission to his saying and it is like, it is as though it is a chain being dragged on a stone. Here, the point here is, إِذَا قَضَ اللَّهَ الْأَمْرِ فِي السَّمَاعِ When Allah decrees the matter in the heavens. So Allah is above the heavens. And this is the last truth that the Shaykh mentioned. He said that, and yani, there are many other hadiths such as this. And this is something, the highness of Allah, the loftiness of Allah, it is something that is agreed upon by all the creatures except the Jahmiyyah. Uh, this is where we... How much time till the Iqamah? Ten minutes? Yeah, and we will stop here, inshallah, uh, in case there is any comment or any question or any correction from what has been said. We will stop here at this point, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma ubihamdika. Shabbat la ilaha illa anta shakkaruka wa tubalik. If the sisters have any questions, you can please give us a call. If brothers have any questions, you can ask directly. Okay. Yani specifically, which names are the 99? Well, uh, this question we have mentioned previously, and it will, it will come again. The point is that the hadith is authentic in the Sahih of Muslim, that the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah has 99 names from amongst his many names. He has 99 names, which whoever memorized them, من أحصاها دخل الجنة. In the authentic hadith it has been mentioned like this, but which names are the 99 have not been mentioned authentically. It has been mentioned in some unauthentic hadith, and most of the scholars of Sunnah said that the mention or the enumeration of the 99 names, that it is idraj, it is something that has been added to the text of the hadith by one of the narrators. And there is no authentic hadith 
identifying which 99 names there are, it is upon the believer to search for those names, to memorize them, to know their meanings, and then to yani, act in accordance with what is required the believers concerning this, supplicating Allah by them, praising Allah by them, and so on. And that will be discussed in further detail. However, there is no proof, yani, according to the scholars of Sunnah, they have said like this, that there is no proof to identify which names there are, just like there is no proof to know what is the hour in Juma when Dua is accepted, or what is the night that is Laylatul Qadr in Ramadan and so on. Things that Allah has left unknown so that the believers will strive to seek those things to earn that great reward that Allah has promised to Allah Ali. Some, in some books it has been mentioned that whoever mentions a certain name of Allah so many times they said, mention it 77 times or 500 times and so on. Is it required to mention it that number of times or do we just have to mention the name of Allah? Or is it wrong if we mention it that many times? Well, as far as I know, Wallahu there is no proof whatsoever for these books, what they are saying, that if you mention Ar-Rahman so many times, you will get a certain reward. If you mention Al-Khalid so many times, they didn't bring any proof. Not some authentic hadith or even weak hadith. They didn't bring any proof. So there is no proof for it. What is required is that we mention the name of Allah, that we supplicate Him by those names, and that we praise Him by those names. And the further meanings of the use of those names will be discussed in future lecture, inshallah, which is coming from one of the questions. No, it, it's not allowed to be by that number, because ibadah is tawqifiyah. Every type of ibadah, like the names of Allah tawqifiyah, the ibadah is tawqifiyah. means that nobody can worship Allah by any acts or any speech, except it is legislated in the Qur'an and Sunnah. And if we do it in any manner, or at any time, or in any place that is not legislated, then it is incorrect, it is bid'ah, it is not allowed, and it is not accepted. Because the conditions for any act to be accepted as an act of worship, to earn the reward of Allah, is that it has to be done purely for the sake of Allah, and it has to be done in the way that is legislated in the Sharia according to the Sunnah. So if the Prophet ﷺ has not mentioned any number of times, it is not for us to mention, but a person may mention the names of Allah as many times as they like. But restricting it to a certain number is as though we are legislating that this is a number that earns a reward and there's no proof for it. So whatever there's no proof for an ibadah, it is rejected, it is unacceptable and it is not permissible for the Muslim to use it. Allahu Akbar. Now, in the Sahih al-Bukhari and in Sahih Muslim it says, after the Salat to say SubhanAllah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar. 34 times in some of the narrations, 33 times. And the last one, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la If it is mentioned in Sahih Bukhari, that means that it is Sahih. If the Prophet ﷺ has said a certain number, then we may do it. That is different. We are talking about the books that claim if you say a certain name so many times, you will get a certain reward. And we are saying that if it is ibadah, it requires a proof. If there is a proof, yes, then of course, whatever the Prophet ﷺ has instructed us with, then we should do it, as he has instructed. And if he has not given us any instruction, then we leave it open. If it is mutlaq, we leave it unrestricted. And if it is restricted, muqayyid, then we keep it restricted and we don't go outside of that. If he has said this number, we should do that number. If he has not said any number, then we don't do any number. We do whatever, we leave it open. Allah Alaikum. Uh, if the sisters can just hold your question, just hold your question for one second. In, a, in brief, 
To those people who say that Allah is everywhere and they believe that Allah is above his throne and he's also inside of them, then we would say to them that we have proof that Allah is above the throne. Do you have proof that Allah is inside of you? Okay, then we will only ask them for their proof. If they have proof, we will accept it. But there is no proof for such. Because Allah is completely distinct and separate from his creation. How can Allah who is great be inside something that is imperfect and incomplete and insignificant and limited like the human being? So Allah, if we said that Allah is everywhere, as Imam Ibn Abi Zayd in his, in his Aqidah, uh, in his essay dealing with the Aqidah, as he said, that if we said that Allah is everywhere by his knowledge, that Allah has knowledge of everything everywhere, it is true. That Allah is everywhere by his power, that Allah has power by everything everywhere, that Allah sees everything, that Allah hears everything, that Allah has knowledge of everything, okay. If we say that, that is true. But if we say that Allah himself is everywhere, and Allah is above his throne, then this is contradictory to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, Allahu Alam. Uh, we will dismiss now, if the sisters have one question, I'll take it, but any of those who want to leave, may leave. Now. If the sisters have a question, you may ask. No. Okay, sit down. Uh, brothers who are leaving, the sisters reminded us that there is going to be some food served. One of the brothers had a child, and he's having the aqita here after the salat. So those who are able to return, please come and share the food, that the meat that the brother has prepared from the animal that has been slaughtered for his newborn child. Brothers and sisters, Jazakim Allah khair.